Hey, this is Terrell Wayne, and you're listening to Bootleg Like Jazz. I have Raul Orlando Edwards, founder of both Flam Art, which is featuring Latin American music and arts, and the Strictly Street Salsa Dance Studio located here in Houston. I am going to take classes. I am. And I will be at the Concerto next week. Uh, and he's also the founder of the Afro-Latino Fest. When is that happening, Raul? The Afro-Latin Fest takes place on May 23rd to the 26th, 2019. And that's going to be at the Western Galleria. And we have other two locations for uh, events happening on Thursday. Where um, where can people buy tickets? People can buy tickets and get information at www.afrolatinfest.org. What's going to happen at this festival? At the festival, we're going to have an array of activities uh, ranging from uh, classes that will teach people how to dance, from uh, dances that will be included from the African diaspora, all the way from Africa, all the way to, to, to Latin America. Also, we'll have uh, live music concerts and parties, live shows. And on Thursday night, we will have a uh, panel discussion on topics that, that affect Afro-Latino communities. And then overall, we have a few free events that we'll be posting on the website for people to take advantage of. So who is Raul? What's your background? Well, my background is in the area of music. I started studying music, I would say probably like in my 30s. But before that, I had... I was in finance and accounting, which is like really, that's like, no, like, that was your calling. That was your passion right there. <laughs> <laughs> then I realized it's really boring. So I quit that. And then I started, uh, I started just dancing for fun. People kept asking me if I was an instructor. So I decided to, to start teaching. And in that process, I started the first salsa studio in Houston back in 1998. So <laughs> mm, that's nice. <laughs> and then, uh, I also wanted to continue singing, so I got a scholarship for singing here in the United States. And then ever since, I, I began singing and doing performing. So this year, actually, this April, I'm celebrating 25 years uh, as an artist with a program on uh, called Concierto Afro-Latino. So when is that? That's going to be on April 26th at uh, 8 p.m. at the match. At Match, what is where is Match? What is Match? Match is at thirty four hundred Main Street, and people can get tickets at www.matchhouston only one h matchhouston dot org. And uh, so, what is Match? Yeah, what is Match? Match is a complex that has theaters. So is multiple theaters or boxes as they are called in one facility. So it's, I think it stands for Midtown Art Theater or something, but it's a complex. And then within the complex, you have an art gallery and then you have four, you have a full theater and then three other spaces where plays and other events take place. Mm, that's what's up. What is, uh, so salsa, I want to talk about salsa. Are there different types of salsa? They are different style of salsas uh, as from going from the music perspective and also for the dance perspective. So you have, you have, for example, the Cuban style, you have Puerto Rican style, you have Colombian style. Those are the, and then LA style. So those are the primarily the biggest four. And then when it comes to music, you also have Cuban music, you have Puerto Rican music. You have Colombian, then you also have New York style. So those are the fi- the four big like founders of, if, if you will, of like salsa, modern salsa. Or- I would say uh, uh, sort of like development. Okay. Because 
technically the founding or the 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 core of salsa is Cuban music, and okay. that's undeniable. There's only one, and that's going to be Cuban. So one of the things that when I teach lectures, I tell people that the the names of the genre, the names in the genre, the define its origins. So for example, if you take ballet classes, all the terminology is in French, which tells you that ballet's origin was in France. If you do classical music, all the terminology is in Italian, which symphonic music found its origin in Italy. When you go to a salsa rehearsal, all the terminology makes reference to Cuban styles. So there is, by that and other factors, the source of salsa or the, the, the base is Cuban music. Then you have from there different styles that will sort of flourish out of that. And then you have, you know, some areas will add things or different rhythmical cues, but for the for the 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 core is is Cuban music. So what's the big difference between Cuban salsa dance steps for like the man, for like the man, speaking as a man, right? And New York style. You know, what's the big difference in the in the steps? One of the big differences is more the use of the body. And uh, so for example, Cuban music includes the an array of, of, of things from the orishas to rumba to folkloric dancing. It is all, it all comes out and it's, you'll be dancing and suddenly you break into a yemaya step and then suddenly mm-hmm. you go back to salsa and then back and forth. So it is that amazing uh, opportunity that you have as a dancer to interpret the dance based on all, basically I would say the background or the, or the, in, the information you have. New York style follows more what was like the Mambo uh, era, which obviously New York was a big uh, a big uh, site for Mambo music in the 50s and 60s. So you have that 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 has continued. Then you will see in many cases in New York style a lot of influence, like from from disco, where you have mm. the breaks and all of that. So that that goes along with. With the, with depending on the area or what's popular in the area, like if you look at Colombian salsa for the most part, you will see a lot of uh, influence of the way they dance cumbia. Mm, okay. But then even within Colombia, you have something called salsa caleña, which is completely different than yeah. how they traditionally dance. And then if you go to L.A., you have a lot of, of influences of West Coast swing and ballroom dancing. So when you look at all these different areas, a lot of the the areas or what's happening in specific areas tends to have an influence in the dance or the dance will absorb the nuances that are happening in that particular site. What about merengue and bachata? What are those origins for people who don't know? Merengue and bachata? I love uh, merengue. I really love love dancing. It's such a... (laughs) (laughs) I love dancing. Every time it comes on, you know... That's when I can really shine. That and bachata. Okay, so merengue and bachata uh, find their origin in in uh, the Dominican Republic. So you have even like structurally, musically, uh, the merengue is different than salsa. The merengue is usually like in, in twos, one, two, one, two, one, two. A little slower, would you it's say? It's really slower, but the rhythmical, like for example, the accent, um, the accent is on one, two, one, two, one, two. And in South size one, two, three, four, one, two, three. So the the accent of word, what we'll call the music, the downbeat happens. In salsa, you have four beats, and then in merengue, you have 
or two two counts per 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 measure for you know for a little section of music. Are you supposed to kick your foot up on merengue in merengue on that two? I mean uh, on the on the one. <laughs> not necessarily. Or is that just a style thing? And I was going to say it all depends on how the person feels the music. I think the the common characteristic or the unifying characteristic in in the different styles should be or the essence of Latin American dancing. The essence is that you must enjoy it and have fun. Mm. So sometimes people are taught so many steps or they're so focused on routines that you can actually see them on the dance floor and they're they're thinking. Uh, they're more concerned about executing a routine than actually dancing. So we make that very clear to people that knowing steps doesn't mean that you know how to dance. Mm-hmm. As you, you just be a machine doing steps, but you never dance. So to dance, you have to feel the music. You have to connect first with the music. And if both parties have done that, then the connection between the two is automatic because you're connected to the music. Mm-hmm. But if I am, if I as a leader, I'm just concerned about all the eight steps that I learned in the last two weeks, I'm paying no attention to the music. Or your partner. Well, therefore, if I'm not paying attention to yeah, the music... Right? it goes without saying. <laughs> quite without saying. You're not even paying attention to your partner. You're just concerned about executing your steps. And then you had a jolly good time, but she never really... <laughs> she's had fun. Like, she never had fun. So it should be, it should be fun uh, for both parties. But what are people going to be able to learn, improve upon, work on at the Afro-Latin Fest? At the Afro-Latin Fest, one of the things that we have is that we have a lot of classes that deal with you as a dancer, as an individual dancer. So there might be one or two classes where you partner with someone else. But for the pretty much over 20 workshops that will be offered, it's all about you as an individual developing better better skills in your movement and in, 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 in your musicality, which if you are a better dancer as an individual, then when you come together with a partner, you you will be a better dancer when you partner. Mm. So there's a couple of things that we that we that we emphasize in the because uh, there's there's this misconception that to dance you have to have a partner. It's not true in Latin America, for example. I I, I believe that. Yeah, in I Latin believe America. that a lot of people do 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 think like that. Myself included. Yeah, yeah. you know you need, you need someone else to dance with. Yeah, it just doesn't seem. No, in mm. in our context, if you can't dance and look good by yourself, you don't know how to dance. Therefore, you wouldn't look good dancing with someone else. Exactly. That's kind of that. Mm. So that's that's a lot of the a lot of things that we try to do at the Afro Lighting Fest and also at the Strictly Street Salsa classes is to teach people these nuances that you know you don't get out of a YouTube or you don't get out of a video. But the goal is to show people how and you know every, every starting with how letting people feel the music and how you step, how you move, and then then there is the the philosophy of dance why are you dancing you know why do you show up to dance so all those things the body doesn't lie yes the, <laughs> the body doesn't lie remember this conversation but the um and that's that's one of the things that we are we are excited to be doing for the last 20 years and now going in six year with the afro latin fest mm. so you corrected me why is afro latino yeah why did you correct me what was that about well, the uh, the Spanish language is a gender-based language. So is Italian. So is you know all the Romance language. 
have the concept of of gender. So we wanted the festival not to be the Latino, as in the man, the male, and then therefore, you know, sort of like automatically include the woman. No, they ostracize everyone else. Absolutely. So there's actually a that's new the whole reason behind Latinx. Why it's going to towards say, Latinx? There's that trend of the Latin X is to have this. So we decided just to call it the Afro Latin Fest, which includes the culture in general and not and not necessarily make it to be a gender based title. So you're from Panama. I am from Panama. Talk. What has it been like being Panamanian here in America? And, well, and being Panamanian yourself. here in the United States. And, oh, uh, so <laughs> no. So that what he. So he's right. That was. I, I would consider that a microaggression. I didn't realize that that was a big deal until I lived in France. I had met a lot. So if you don't know, you should listen to the first episode of Boulet Like Jazz, and I go over over all this. But I had a lot of Colombian. Panamanian, Ecuadorian, Peruvian friends, and I got involved in this La, Mo- La Momposina, and we were a dance troupe, and we would go around and do different dances that had historical and slavery connections uh, to it that were performed a lot in Colombia and in, in Central and South America. And a lot of my friends, you know, in conversation, I would come to find out that they would be offended by me saying I'm American or kind of how we just, you know, what we were talking about because we tend to kind of like, that term tends to forget and ostracize Central and South America. Can you elaborate a little bit more about that? Well, the the whole concept, you know, when we say it's the American continent. So, for example, you take the United States of Mexico. Mm. Well, they're limited to, or they're, they're defined the area of the country. But when you take United States of America, it means that these are the only United States in the American continent. Well, it is not. So when we tell people is that American refers to anyone who was born on the American continent. It's not exclusive to people from the United States. So, you know, we I correct as many times. Like I was people like, no, no, it's, it's we are all American. Uh, you're from the United States, um, from Panama. So. But what were your what are your experiences like here? Well, it's it's been really interesting. Um, what should I say? Your experiences like here in the un- United States. In the United States, yeah. Keep America out. Well, okay, keep the word America. Well, in, out, well right? no, in that in that context. I mean, I think it's important for people to know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are listening. Like, well, I'd, yeah, what, what to say? But yeah, I think that's I think that's impo- uh, that's powerful. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, well, the the uh, the a lot of I've had a, a fantastic experiences here, uh, for example, from music, from doing stuff in the arts, and being able to establish the first Salsa, Houston, salsa uh, studio in Houston, which is like really, I was just shocked, like, there's not one. <laughs> no, well, I've just started. I'm going to just start one. And that, that all started. So it also has given me the opportunity to share the culture and, and be able to, to say, educate people also on things that are misconceptions that people might have about Latin people. Uh, a lot of it has to do with sometimes with language. So for example, I've been asked so many times, you know, if I'm Mexican or if I speak Mexican, I go, well, Mexican is a nationality, not a language. And so, you know, you will find all these different things that see. And then I'm also have Jamaican. So I have that Caribbean culture along with the Latin American culture. I would so, love to just have your accent. Say it again? How you just say Caribbean. Cari- how did you say it? The Caribbean. Caribbean. See, that's... Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds good. <laughs> I, I would love to have your accent. 
<laughs> so, so uh, it, it has given me, as, as I said, that opportunity to to be able to interact with people and and to show people how, uh, for example, how Latin people feel the music. In many cases, how we think, how we see the world, and so I have taken advantage of that in in using that platform. And that's one of the reasons, for example, for the FDR for Latin Fest was to to have a platform, a, a wider and bigger platform where people could come and, exp- and experience the culture and, uh, and, and, and be able to understand things that sometimes in the, in the textbooks or in conversations or in stereotypes, you know, that we have had for so many years that people are not aware of. Hmm. Um, I wanted to ask you, what kind of workshops, dance workshops, are going to be at the Afro Latin Fest? At the Afro Latin Fest, we're going to have uh, workshops that range from African or West African dances. We have Brazilian dancing. We have dances from Honduras. We have dances from the Caribbean. Yeah, I'm buying a ticket. I like. I told you, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going to give me a ticket, man. I'm going. And then we also have. You better give me good partners to dance with. Again, the the, fest, the festival is <laughs> most individual. But oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's parties. There are parties, there are and parties. then you do dance with people. Right. So well, I, I so, hope so. Yeah. I don't want to, I mean, you know, I'm around myself all the time. I get bored. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the, the other thing that, that we wanted to do with the festival and with the classes was to, to create the ambience of what happens in Latin countries. So what I have found in, in all these years uh, here and see how the, the dance community has become like a clique. So because people are so so concerned about mm, you are messing up my steps, they lose the joy of dancing uh, with other people. So in, in our culture, you dance with anyone. I notice that when I go out, I know there's certain guys that they won't they won't dance they with. They will not dance. A lot of the women, you know, they they'll just not. pick a few and that's it. That's it. And Same but, with and, the women. Same and with the women. Been, yeah. Well, you know, I, I, I noticed that when uh, VH1 did a movie here many years ago, it was called The Way She Moves. And I was in that movie and I was able to see that when the director asked men to help the woman in the group that didn't have any partners, not one. I was the only one who stood and, and helped. And then the other, there was one guy in that group. So it was one guy and probably like 16 or, or 18 women. And between both of us, we rotated to help the woman dance. So that was kind of shocking to me. I was like, why is not anyone getting up? Mm. But then but a little bit later analysis, I realized that, oh, because a lot of these people dance by routines. So... If they're dancing with a person that has does not know their routine or that have never danced with them to know their steps, then they don't look as good. And that and that really bothered me because I realized that it, it was totally against the essence of the culture, which is to have fun mm, right. with people. Perfection and all that yeah, stuff gets in the way. Whether they're good or bad, the important thing is to have fun. Where do you go dancing in Houston? That's a very funny question just because there aren't that many places. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, oh, because we're really working to do something to, to change that. There, there may be like one club. What's it called? I think there's Tropicana in yeah. Rich, Richmond. 
Yeah, that's over on the southwest side. Southwest over there, side. Um, and then here in down in near downtown, there's a place that has salsa music on Sundays, and I and that's probably the one that I go the most. And I think it's it's called the Isles. I always forget the full <laughs> name. Yeah, but it's on P Street. The address I do know is fifteen fifteen Peace, and that is P E A S E. But they have salsa Sunday. I think it's called Sunday Fun Day or Fun Day Sunday, something like it that. It would be near the engine room, right? Or that, that venue yeah, that I, used I, to be called the engine room. Uh, yeah, I think it might be on the same block. Yeah, because that address sounds familiar, like that used to be the address yeah. of the engine room. I think the engine room may have been right next next to it. What kind of classes can people take through Strictly Street Salsa? You can take salsa classes, uh, of course. And then we also offer workshops of... You know, from Afro-Cuban dancing to merengue, bachata, Tucson. So we do the core of the classes are in uh, social dancing. And in this case, we emphasize salsa. But we also have different uh, workshops that we do to basically uh, supply the other areas of dancing that we do. Mm -hmm. So on the weekend of April 26th, um, presenting a a full concert. Um, I'll be there. And that's going to be my 25th anniversary. So there's a couple of pieces that I will be presenting. And uh, this is one of them. So I'll give you like four bars. So this song is by a Venezuelan composer named uh, Aldemaro Romero. The name of the song is Hablaré Catalán. So this is... Hablaré catalán porque quiero decir un millón de palabras hermosas. That's it. <laughs> nice. Well, hey, that's Raul Orlando Edwards of Flamart, Strictly Street Salsa, and the Afro Latin Fest, which is happening in Houston, Texas. Uh, when is the Afro Latin Fest again? Afro Latin Fest takes place on May 23rd to the 26th, 2019, at the Western Galleria. Any last words for our listeners yes, and we viewers? We hope you can join us and all the information. You can just go to flamart.org and that will have the information for the Afro Latin Fest and for the upcoming concert on April 26th. Where can people find you on social media or anywhere on else? Social media, uh, we're using one page, which is the uh, facebook.com forward slash strictly street salsa. And we also have, we're also on Instagram, so you can find us there. Shout out to YZ, uh, Sam Osborne as his government name. <laughs> um, handling it down on the uh, pictures and camera. He also ran the boards on the uh, the show uh, Artivism over at Wire Road Studios. Hey, if you like anything you heard, uh, follow, subscribe, click like, leave a comment, share, show us some love. Uh, this is Terrell Wayne, and you're listening to Bootleg Like Jazz. Mm -hmm.